Hi, and welcome to the very first episode of On The Mend, a podcast where we explore how people get on the mend and stay on the mend during difficult times. That's the one-liner I wrote for this intro, but really this podcast is just a very intimate conversation I'm having with one other person about the mud they've waded through in their life and how they've come out the other side. A lot of times we're talking about love and relationships. Sometimes it's about family. Sometimes it's about friends or work. Sometimes it's about growing up. There are a million ways to break and mend, and we're going to talk about all of them here. I'm El Huerta, CEO and founder of Mend, which is like a best friend in your pocket during heartbreak. You can join menders in over 170 countries around the world who've completed nearly 2 million training activities by downloading Mend in the App Store. I also co-host another podcast called Love is Like a Plant with my friend Sarah May, and you can check that out anywhere you listen to podcasts. That one is all about love and relationships too, so if you like this podcast, you'll definitely like that one. Today, I have a very special conversation to share. You might know today's guest, Emily Kinney, from her role as Beth on The Walking Dead or as a musician and songwriter, but did you know that Emily was also an OG mender? She subscribed to Mend when we were only a newsletter that I was creating and sending from my kitchen table before we were an app and before we were even a website. No joke. Emily signed up when it was my mom and some friends and some of their friends signed up. We've both gone through a lot of evolution since Emily has since left The Walking Dead and she's continued acting and making new music. And I've also stopped working from my kitchen table. Mend is a real company now with a team and an office. But back to Emily. Emily is the real deal when it comes to being vulnerable, and this is what I love about her. And I'm guessing this is what you love about her, too. She's pure, but not in a way that makes her boring or unidimensional. In fact, she's one of the most multidimensional people I can think of. It's just that she has a purity of heart that is so very rare. And not surprisingly, her honesty translates to her music. And a lot of her songs are about real relationships and heartbreaks she's experienced. And the day we recorded this was a very special day because it was Emily's birthday. We made her a cake out of her album art, which you can check out if you go to Let's Mend on Instagram. You can also see it on my Instagram, which is Ellen Huerta. She also performed a song off of the album for us, and we have some video on Instagram too. All right, let's get on the mend. Today is a very special day. Because yes. it's your birthday. Yes, it's my birthday. Happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, we're so happy to be here with you on your birthday morning. Yeah. Um, what are you looking forward to most this year? Are you like a very reflective birthday person? Do you like to kind of think about the year ahead or yes. do you reflect on the past? I, I'm a very reflective person in general. So like any time, like... I have a chance to like rewrite out like goals and things like that. <laughs> I yeah. feel like I take it. So New Year's, birthday, you know, any of those sorts of, sometimes if it's like the first of the month, yeah. <laughs> you know, New moon, that's a good time. Eclipse. Yeah. Yeah. So I definitely like to take the time to think about like, oh, what's going to happen in the next year? And then also, I mean, I feel like it's changed now as I've gotten older, I tend to be more of like a wow, I'm still here. I'm so thankful. I'm doing this and this. It's more of like a thankful reflection. In when I was younger, it was more of like, oh my God, there's so many things I need to do to get my life together. (laughs) You know, like like you've got one year till you're really an adult or this or that, you know? So it's definitely changed. I feel like in the last three or four years, I've always loved birthdays though. I just think like, uh, yeah, I just like birthdays. You just get to celebrate just being here. You don't yeah. have to like accomplish anything special. <laughs> yeah. Um, so did you journal this morning? Is that where you um, usually reflect? Because you write a lot. I write a lot. Yeah. I go through. Um, I go through different waves. I'm really into this book, The Artist's Way. <laughs> So when I first... I love that book. Yeah. I, I got that book. People have been telling me to get it for a long time because yeah. I loved journaling. Yeah. And I, um, then when I found out actually that I was getting killed off Walking Dead, so this was like... <laughs> she's laughing. Yeah, she's like... No, but seriously, I was this whole thing. I was like, it's going to be fine. I mean, that's... The, for an actor, I, I mean, to, and to have a job that long. Yeah. Like, I... I should have just been like, oh man, it could have happened like a year ago, you know, whatever. Right, but right. like, it was still like to have any job in your twenties for like three years or four yeah, years and then to not have that job anymore. I mean, I had started to sort of like 
oh, this is my job now. This is my life, you know, yeah. and be like, oh, now I'm going to have to like get a new job. Right. That was very scary for me. Yeah. Um, it's such so, a big part of your identity at that point. Yeah. yeah. So, so I remember I went and got a bunch of books yeah. <laughs> and, <laughs> and um, one of them was the artist's way. And I was like, cool. And that particular time I have like, I was really diligent about doing the three pages every morning, no matter what wow. I did three pages and then I'd go for a run three pages, go for the whole point of when I had found out to like, I mean, then when I, I was actually off the show into like, I went on a big tour after that. Like, um, so I have tons of like journal entries from that time. Now I'm, I, I go through shifts where like, I'm like, I don't, uh, like when I need it, I'll yeah. do the three pages, but I usually write every, something every morning. Sometimes it's more just like lists yeah. cause I'll get anxious. I feel like, um, when you're like doing acting and music and like creative person sometimes you have days where you have you probably feel this way as like kind of a business you know yeah. owner like some days you have a ton of stuff to do but I don't necessarily if I don't have an audition to go to I don't have necessarily a workplace to go to it can feel very like overwhelming and yeah. like I have to kind of organize it for myself yeah like you're free falling yeah because <laughs> I could like do nothing to- yeah and no one would really know <laughs> yeah. Or I could try to do a million things right? and you kind of decide, okay, at what point am I done today? And, you know, some days you want to keep working and some days you're like, I don't feel inspired. I don't want to, but I need to do something. Yeah. Yeah. Segue from um, planners and journaling Mm -hmm. to your love life. Yes. Um, Because I have, I have a lot of questions Mm -hmm. and... I've heard you talk about relationships and love and heartbreak. And it's also such a big theme in your music. Yeah. I feel like it's the biggest yeah. sort of connective tissue between all of the the music that you write. Mm-hmm. And um, and really stories. Like you're yeah. very much a storyteller. So I'd like to start kind of in the beginning. If you yeah. can think about the first really significant relationship in your life yeah and how like what lessons did you learn and what was that experience like for you yeah um I definitely in high school like dated a few people that like took me to prom and that kind of thing and I remember um one guy I dated for a few months um and then he broke up with me so that was that was a heartbreak. I mean, I was think that your I was first like breakup? 15. Yeah, and I remember um, he did it after like track practice, like oh. outside of the school. Oh no! In and front then of he's, people? No, no, okay. no. Just Good. like, um, and it's so funny not even say it because I'm like, I was fifteen. We were fifteen, <laughs> and he said he just didn't know if he saw it going anywhere. <laughs> being like I'm I'm like I always also wanted to get out of Nebraska so I was like what do you mean going anywhere like this is not like I'm out of here like I wasn't planning on like you know like I just whatever but um (laughs) now I look back and I'm like I'm like two 15 year olds and being like I don't know if I see going anywhere (laughs) it seems so like uh I don't know why but a little silly you know silly but it's so sweet he probably like heard that some somewhere in a movie and was like that's how you break up with someone yeah (laughs) um so I remember that was like one where I was like oh this sucks but I definitely I don't think I held on to it too long I feel like in high school I was really I wanted to get out of there um (laughs) I guess like a lot of people do. I mean, there were times when I was super into it and I was very involved in activities. And I remember though other times just being like, I don't don't know about this place. Yeah. I always always tell people I planned like the first 18 years of my life. I was just planning my escape from where I was. That's exactly. (laughs) Yeah. So Um, I I can understand that sentiment of feeling like, well, I'm out of here anyway. So I'm not like relationships aren't the, the sole focus of my life right now. Yeah. But I definitely, um, and then I, the, the first like real boyfriend though, that I think that I was like, like we said, I love you to each other and, um, all the things, you know, uh, was this boy Mark and he 
went to a different school. He went to North Bend. I was in Wayne. This is in Nebraska. Okay. And um, so we dated like my senior year of high school. We dated into college. Oh, wow. Um, and I remember he just seemed like that was one of the first people too I connected with like music. Like he loved what to Nebraska was like more like different music and yeah. like old music. And like we both loved like... Um, that John Mayer album yeah. <laughs> that came room, out. Room like we for both, Squares. Room for Squares. We listened to that over and that. over in his car. So he was one of the first people that like was also like would dive deep into music. What yeah. for me, you know, now I'm like, oh, I didn't know so much. Right. But we were always just top 40, you know, in Nebraska. And right. um and he loved like Gavin DeGraw. <laughs> I know that's so, but like, but like we, we like, you bonded, some, we bonded for yeah. sure. And, and also we were both sort of like wanting to get out of there. Yeah. Um, my sister had gone to the Air Force Academy and he went to the Air Force Academy, um, as well. And then, and it was not his thing. Okay. And he left and then ended up going to my college, um, Wesleyan. And then, and then we broke up a, a year or two into college. Was that the... Was that the first? Because everyone has their first heartbreak that's earth shattering, where it just uh-huh. feels like you will never get over it, and yeah. you've never felt that way. And yeah, um, was that the that heartbreak for you, or did that come later? I think it came late. Like there was so much going on. There were moments. Like I was so now looking back, I guess there were moments where I'd be like really bummed, but there was a part of me that felt like I knew that he didn't want to like live in New York city or LA or something like that, you know? And even though we had this like very close friendship, like bestie, you know, like sort of, uh, relationship, I remember he did like this study away thing in DC and we broke up during and after that kind of like extended breakup, you know, but I I was very bummed to lose my friend, but there was a part of me that felt a little bit relieved mm. because I didn't have to put that into the equation. It makes me sound so selfish, like no, I get but it. like I I remember doing a project in one of my classes about cuz they were like how to get a job as an actor or something like I don't know. It was really smart they had that class actually now that I'm thinking about it cuz yeah. I feel like a lot of schools don't do that, but I was like, oh, what if I moved? Because he wanted to get into like politics and um, be a lawyer and all this stuff. And I was okay. like, oh, what if I moved to DC? Like that would be a compromise or like, because yeah. they have like a theater community. I remember doing right. like a binder with like all the theater companies in DC. And I remember being thinking like doing this project and going like, man, but like, I don't want to go to DC. I want to go right. like New York City. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah you, were, <laughs> you were in a committed relationship, just not with a person, with like a dream and an idea. Yeah, of what you I was to so, do. I... That was so at the forefront of yeah. my mind um, that it kind of had to be someone who fit into that dream as well, like someone right. who could. So it was a hard breakup, but I think it was like, um, it wasn't like I didn't know how to move forward right. or something like that. Right. Um, so then you moved to New York. <laughs> yes. After college. Yeah. And that was your dream to be yeah. in New York City. Um, do you remember, did you experience any culture shock in terms of what dating was like there? And Definitely. Like what the people were like there that you were meeting and yes. going on dates with? I would say I came into it, I never dated someone or I never like hooked up with someone or dated someone who didn't like want to be my boyfriend. Yeah. And so I think that was like the biggest in New York City, like, that was the biggest shock. Like, I experienced a lot of different, uh, like, I feel like I was so, at the beginning, I didn't understand that. Like, yeah. I didn't understand. Like, I felt like I got a little a little hurt my first experiences dating in New York because I thought, well, if you even go on, like, one, like, then now you're my boyfriend. Right, right. And I didn't really understand what any other, what would be the other motive except right. for wanting to be in a relationship. Like, right. I didn't understand just dating around. Of course, I started to be like, oh, this is, yeah, I would like to date around and see what I actually like. Right. Too. 
But I think at first that was very confusing to me. Like, the, yeah, I just and remember. New York is such an extreme version an extreme of that. Version, Even like yeah. in comparison to LA, I feel like it's yes. less of a relationship city than yeah. LA or I mean a lot of places. But yeah, so that's kind of an extreme shift to go from where you were Definitely. to New York. Definitely. Um, and I had a boyfriend. Oh, you know what? Probably be like my worst, like the one that was earth shattering. Now that I'm like, it's weird. I like completely erased him from my brain. You blocked it. A lot I of had, people do that actually. Yeah. And then like 10 minutes later, they're like, like, oh, really? I remember. Yeah. Like I know I'm do. like, I'm like, what was like, it was serious. It, it was, so I had started dating. So, so I actually moved, I had sort of a back and forth with New York where like I left college and went to New York and okay got in a play. When the play closed, I didn't have an agent. I was really broke and I ended up moving back to Nebraska, finishing my degree and saving money and then moving back. And in that first time that I moved to New York, I met this guy and we started dating. Then when I moved back the second time, we were boyfriend, girlfriend dating, you know, he lived, I found an apartment that was like down the street. Oh wow. I like, and we were very close, um, but he was older than me and also an actor. And he, um, got a show that filmed in LA. So he mm. actually was in LA a bunch. And so it was like long distance. Long distance. Um, and he would come back on the weekends. And um, I slowly started to, basically at one point I figured out that he was dating someone in LA oh. as well. Okay. Um, uh, cheating on me, basically. Yeah, okay. But like living kind of like a double. Right. Because like a girl had reached out to me. It was intense. <gasps> now I'm like, I must have done it. Did she find you on Facebook? Well, we were on <laughs> MySpace at the oh, time. Okay. That's MySpace. how. Yeah. Okay. And I had said to him things like, I remember being like, who's this girl? Like she keeps commenting on your stuff. Like, and I'd be like, I'm not trying to be like paranoid, crazy girlfriend, right. but like, but, like this like, is who weird. Is it? Yeah. And he'd be like, oh no, we all watch weeds together. She's just in this group of friends that all hangs out. And then he came to New York for upfronts, stayed at my place, and this girl mm. calls me. <gasps> or first she sends me a message like through MySpace or whatever, and then she's like, hey, my friend said that, you know, uh, I don't even want to say, was at a, so-and-so right. was at a party, and he introduced you as his girlfriend. I'm confused because I'm his I girlfriend. I was his, oh, man. And just thought you should know, like not trying to whatever. And then we ended up talking on the phone. You talked to the girl. Yeah. Oh, wow. And then um, and then he was at a friend's. I remember he texted me, like, stuff. And I was like, talk to so-and-so, I oh guess you bet. <laughs> like, Game over. Yeah. And But if you can believe it, I actually eventually got back together with him. And I it went on that. for, yeah. I mean, but I was so young and he was like this state, like yeah. he wasn't stable, but. Right. Seemed stable. Yeah. And I really wasn't around him that much because we were, I mean, at first we were around together all the time, but once right. this LA, New York thing started happening. Right. Um, so I was able to sort of, like, I remember I forgave him. We got back together. We did this like vacation with his family up like uh, upstate New York. Like, wow. Um, and then eventually it was just like, I mean. There was always something shady. Right. I think he might have, I mean, not to give him credit, but I think there might have actually been something a little bit, like he had a little bit of a problem with... uh, Communication? uh, No, like I was going to say with like controlling his sort of control uh, with other female interest. Okay. You know? I I mean, not that that's an excuse, but just that I started going like, oh, wait, I think it wasn't, I think this might keep happening. Yeah. And I also think I don't like him anymore anyway. That's Do you know? Good. It's good like, that you had those realizations in parallel. Yeah. And I'm like laughing because there's a, a trash truck Oh, there's truck a in the trash truck. Which is kind Has of it? perfect because I feel like <laughs> yeah. we're taking the trash out right now, <laughs> metaphorically yeah. and for real. Um, it's so, so. interesting. Um, I've heard, you know, I hear a lot of breakup stories at Mend and, um, People write in a lot and share their stories. So often, um, you know, one person finds out that their that their boyfriend is cheating on them. They reach out to the girl mm-hmm. and then they connect. And in so many cases, those women become friends and stay friends. Wow. Like I've heard so many yeah. like, stories like that. Yeah. Which it's like it takes women supporting women to another level. But yeah. Um, but yeah, that's a really 
considering that was your first significant heartbreak, that is a really complicated one. Yeah. Um, and I'm wondering, you strike me as someone who's so proactive about mending and self-care whenever you're going through something difficult. Like you anticipated when you found out about The Walking Dead, you anticipated that and you were like, okay, yeah. I'm going to like go buy the books and do the stuff and like yeah. help myself. Were you like that when you experienced that heartbreak or did you learn to be like that? I think, um, I, I, I feel that was only, I think I was like, maybe had lived in New York like a year or two when that happened. So I think I was still learning to do that. I have though always been, I mean, like as a kid, protective of like my space. Mm. Um, so I think I've always been like, even with like, I can remember I had a roommate that I loved. She was super fun, super cool, but she was also a little like very unpredictable, you know, like, Mm. Oh, I'm friends with this person, like homeless person. And they're going to come over, you know, like, like which sounds, I mean, (laughs) to me coming from Nebraska, this sounds a little sketchy and scary or like I would come home and Oh, my friend used your computer and stuff that I felt like very, Oh my gosh. You know? And, (laughs) and she was just, yeah, a little, like she'd be like working, working, working. And then, and very unpredictable. And I remember I was, I got to a point where I was like, I need to get myself out of the situation. Not because yeah. I didn't like her. Right. But I I feel like, I don't know if it's because of acting or what, like where you don't know what your next job is going to be and it's very unpredictable. Yeah. You kind of try to like, to remain still like an emotional, like open human being. You also have yeah. to like stabilize your environment. Totally. You know? Um, so I think I have always been very like, protective of my space and like if I but that one definitely I think I was hoping that that was kind of like a way to protect myself like you know he was doing so well as an actor at the time I like had just gotten an agent but I hadn't really I mean I was doing like off-Broadway you know maybe going for commercial auditions like um so he was, and he was like in national commercials and like, you know, had been on Broadway and like was right. in a TV show and, you know, like had so much in my mind success. And I think right. somehow I like equated that with like stability. Huh. Yeah. But it's not. Right. And do you feel like, like what were the relationships like after mm-hmm. that relationship and how were they impacted by... Yeah. Being, I mean, being cheated on, but I feel like it's more about being lied to. That's sort of the yeah, crux of it. Yeah. The like not really, I think also, yeah, I think uh, he had lived in New York much longer than me and was like maybe four years older than me. So lived there like probably four years more than me or, or whatever. And like I started to realize that not everybody would always be honest mm, or not, yeah. you know what I mean? So I, I think I... I think it changed how I dated a little bit. Like I was yeah. definitely maybe not as trusting, but once I, I, I can also be pretty open with people yeah. and pretty like trusting, especially if I decide I love them, yeah. I'll put up with a lot, I feel yeah. like. Um, but I think there was something about that relationship where I think I held on to it. I'm just realizing this now because like I, I felt really alone in New York. Mm. <laughs> you said <laughs> Yeah. I said it. We're all gonna cry. And I think we're like we're all on our periods. So. <laughs> oh no. <I> know. <laughs> okay, there's Kleenex. No. <laughs> so I think I thought if I held on to that relationship, like I wouldn't be alone. Yeah. So then but then once I got over that re- that I liked being alone. Yeah. So then I feel like I became much more resilient. And like I said, I started to be able to put up with anything. Yeah. Because like I could, I could put up with, because I was still sort of operating as like a single person. Yeah. Like I feel like a lot of friends are like, oh, you know, like you, um, you're always dating someone. And I was like, oh, I feel like I'm always single. Wow. When I would break up with future boyfriends like yeah. you know we date for a few months break up and I'd be like oh you know and then 
I remember like someone saying like, oh, you're, you, yeah, you're always kind of like in a relationship or dating someone. And I was like, really? Yeah. I always feel like I'm That's so single. interesting. Yeah. You know? It's like a state of mind. So I definitely yeah. think after that one, I, 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 it's like I got over it and then I started yeah. to like love being single. Yeah. And you learned how to be alone. Yeah. And how to be happy alone. I yeah. Imagine. So then my relationships after that became a little more in some ways more fun for me because I wasn't, I wasn't dependent on them Yeah, to provide like family support. But I also yeah. think I was sort of like guarded. Yeah. Yeah. Which I mean, I feel like you would naturally just like that instinct, that survival instinct kicks in after you've been cheated on. Yeah. I think a lot of people, like my first experience with heartbreak was being cheated on. Yeah. And it was a guy who was in a band that became like very famous. And <laughs> um, and it was like the worst possible situation yeah. to be cheated on because it felt like so public in some ways and um yeah it took me years to like turn off that switch of not mm -hmm. being really really guarded in relationships I mean it literally took me I'm 32 mm -hmm. I feel like I just got over that like a couple years ago yeah and that was like such a long time ago when that happened but I think that experiences like that shape you yeah. For a long time. And I feel like they have the potential to shape you in a really positive way. Yeah. If you're proactive about it. Um, but yeah, it takes time. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, if you could think back to that person, how old were you when that happened? I think 22, 23. 22. Okay. Yeah. I mean, cause it was like 22 and then, you know, get back together. Yeah. 22, yeah. 23 was kind of the. So if you could think back to. 22 year old version of yourself mm -hmm. what advice would you give yourself knowing what you know now what would you tell yourself Man, I don't know because like I want to say like like the first time was enough yeah you know to break up yeah um like don't get back together <laughs> don't get back together but I also feel like it's like I didn't know for sure who he was yeah. now you know like I still really believed and we did have some nice times after that. You know, it wasn't yeah. like, but there's times when it's like, I remember, this is, this is very specific. I even have like this short story about, there was this guy, I used to work at a coffee shop and there was this guy that came in and I wanted to date, like I liked him so much, yeah. but I was always with this other guy oh. and he was always, and I, and sometimes I'm like, man, if I would have just cut it off, I could have like actually tried dating this other yeah. person. Not that I think that they would have been the love of my life or anything like that, right. but just more like I could have just been in New York and been like a single person in New York sooner Yeah, and been more like open, yeah. you know, to like get through things a little faster. Yeah. You know? Totally. I feel like when I reflect on relationships that I was in in my twenties, I'm always like, I wish I had been, I wish I had cut that relationship shorter Yes, and just had more time to be on my own. Yes. I very rarely look back and I'm like, yeah, that wasn't quite long enough. <laughs> yeah. No, I agree. Actually, I feel similar about like, not obviously not my boyfriend, no, but like my boyfriend before. Yeah. Um, I feel like we, I should have, I feel like I was trying to get over one thing and I should have just, like it was fun dating him in the beginning and then I was gone a lot. I was in like Toronto f filming something for so long and then when we were finally back together, it was like, oh, this doesn't, we could have, it could have been much shorter. Yeah. And it, it's like, I feel like we took a lot of each other's yeah. time just to learn that it wasn't the right thing. Right. But like, yeah, I could have done that. I could have figured that out sooner. Yeah. But it, you know. I feel like so often too, you have that gut feeling. You just don't necessarily have the willpower or the strength to act on it. Like there's yeah. something holding you back. So I yeah. feel like for all the all the people who are listening who are in their twenty early 20s <laughs> yeah and they have a gut feeling that they shouldn't be in the relationship that they're in um take it from a couple a couple <laughs> women in their 30s yeah um I want to ask you about something that you've said um about your past relationships which is that they tend to be a lot of them have tended to be shorter uh-huh is that 
do you feel like that is a product of kind of the, the first experience of a relationship that you had with and maybe you were less trusting or yeah. do you think it was something else? Hmm, um, and is that even true? Yeah. Um, yeah, most of my relationships have been about, I mean, less than a year. Like I haven't okay. really had any relationships that have been like four years or yeah. like a huge portion of my life. I think it's a product of, I, I'm realizing this now, yeah. a product of my lifestyle of like I start filming something so now mm. I'm meeting a whole, it's like starting, it's like going to college Yeah, like and starting you leave school. your high school and you're in a, with a whole new group of friends yeah. that does their thing and they go to work and then, you know, maybe yeah. hang out or maybe don't. And, um, maybe if I was dating an actor, they start a new project. They're yeah. in a whole new situation. We don't see each other the way that it worked before. Yeah. Uh, the rhythm that we had now is different and yeah. maybe we don't put in the effort to continue to make it work in right. the same way. So you start to kind of drift and don't feel like the same and this person doesn't really see you every day. And um, so if you, a lot of times it has corresponded with That's this job is over, this relationship worked while we worked on the same thing. Right. Uh, or when, or because we didn't see each other, like right. I'm saying the Toronto thing, like <laughs> right. it worked because like I wouldn't have to actually see what this person was I didn't have to right. spend the night with this person every day, you know, right. like, um, it worked as like almost more of like a phone relationship. Right. Um, so it was like then, a product of all of the change that you were Yeah. I go through a lot of changes yeah. and it's only been recent where I've gone like, oh, I can't just like, you know how you can't pay attention to every emotion. Yeah. Like, it's not like, oh, I'm, I'm so sad. Like that has to, doesn't always have to like carry a ton of weight you sometimes just feel sad for a minute and then you get over it right you know and like I feel like some of these the feelings like you don't you have to actually weather the feeling of like oh we're disconnected well then you do something you make a choice to stay connected or maybe you really are growing apart but like there has there can be like more of a choice right where like before I was just like well now I feel disconnected that's how I feel so I'm disconnected or that person felt that way about me they feel disconnected so we're not, but like you can choose to be more involved right. or you can like make it a priority. Exactly. Um, yeah. I was going to ask like, how has that, cause it, that's a big insight to have about kind of your past relationship history Yeah, and having that insight now, has it changed how you are in relationships? It sounds like it has. Definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. I feel like, or I, I hope so. I mean, I think the last few I've been like, oh, if will will this actually work with situations where I'm gone? Can this person like deal with that kind of thing? Or or um for me it's it's helped to find people who kind of have similar because they understand it more. They're yeah. not like, Man, you're not home here. Like right. You're, you know, they have, like, a creative career, too, that takes them away at times. Right. So they also need, like, an understanding partner. Right. Um, so that's been... But then I've also heard people say the opposite, where they're like, well, one of us needs to, like, you know... Be, like, the be stable, stable person. person. Yeah. The other person is, like, orbiting around. Yeah. So, yeah. so it works differently for all kinds of people. Yeah. For me, I've realized I need someone creative. Yeah. Who's sort of on, like, a parallel path, who can really understand. Yeah. One of the things that um, I love that you said, because I really, really deeply believe this, and I think I only just realized it like in the last 10 years, Um, but when you were talking about past relationships, you were saying that a relationship doesn't have to last forever for it to be considered successful. Um, Yeah. Like you can have relationships that are successful that just last for a period of time. Yeah. And I love that idea. And I also feel like it's just so important for people in our generation yeah, to know that and to believe that because we are living longer lives and like yeah. we experience a lot of relationships and not yeah. every relationship, you know, we're going to be around for another, I don't know, like 60 years, 60, yeah. 70, 80 years. Yeah. Um, and so I love that that concept that um, you know just because a relationship ended doesn't mean that it's 
it's yeah. a failure, that you're a failure, the other person is a totally. failure. I mean, I would say that relationship that I was talking about that was in high school and college, it yeah. served such an important purpose just to like, yeah. like, I feel like that was a success, yeah. a really successful relationship. I feel like he would say the same thing. Yeah. Um, there was a relationship I had in New York that I used to always kind of go back to and I would be like, man, that was, it was less than a year, but like just the kind of communication and like just a six, I feel like a success. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah even I though think, it ended, you know? Yeah. I think it, it's a success if you grew in some way or learned something from someone. And, and I feel like that's always a possibility with a relationship. You just have to be mindful of it when you're in it. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about, um, your new album. Yes. One of the things you said that I love about your new album, you said, I want to be done with this relationship. I want to be done with these songs. Yes. So <laughs> my question to you is, and I imagine, you know, you're a writer, you put your stories into music. Um, a lot of these stories are about experiences with relationships yeah. and heartbreak. Do you feel like this album was a way for you to process things? And do you feel like you were done with that relationship? Yes. I I mean, it was such a like off and on situation. Um, so I, even as I would date other people, you know, that would be my first call when yeah. it would, we would break up. So it was, it was like a friendship. It started out as like a friendship. Then, then it was definitely a relationship. Yeah. Then we broke up and then it became, it kind of, uh, I feel like I got a bit like demoted. Like I got like it evolved yeah. into like a, a strange like hookup, sometimes friends. So yeah. Maybe we, there'd be a week in there where we'd be like back together, right. you know. Um, so over the course of years. Oh, wow. Yeah. And uh, I, uh, um, yeah, I think these songs, so what happened was is I feel like, like I was actually writing a different album completely when oh, I wow. And I was just going to write a um, EP that was called Oh Jonathan because I had all these songs. But then I felt like even if the song wasn't about that particular relationship, there'd be like these lines. Like he used to always say, I have to leave before the traffic. So one of the, the songs on the album is Popsicles. And it's about it's more about like wanting to kind of grow up a little bit. And it's about mm -hmm. like move into the next, like sometimes I still feel like a kid. I guess we all do. But yeah. that's more of what the song is about. It's more about me. But um, there's a line in there where, where it says he leaves before the traffic and, yeah. and that was something he used to say all the time. So like yeah. I would find like the things that he would say sticking in my head yeah. and coming out as lyrics. And so, um, I think at some point I just realized like, I'm just going to, it's, these are all songs about him or somehow, uh, they're about me, yeah. but it's shaped me. Yeah. So, yeah, but I'm definitely, like, done. <laughs> it was like your – we talk about having a breakup monument yeah. at MEND. Um, like, something that you've been pouring yourself into as yeah. a way to process and move through a breakup. Yeah. Like, a lot of people will run marathons. Um, yeah. For me, my breakup monument is men. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's just like the never ending. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. There, ending. Was, yeah. there is a part of me that's like, oh, now I'm releasing. Like originally I was like, I'll do this EP quick. I'll be done with the relationship. I'll make this. I like had this intense feeling that I needed to make this EP and then I can get to my real album. That's me. But it just grew and all the good songs and all that were all these ones that yeah. went on this, this album. And so then it quickly became like, I guess this is the album yeah. that I'm going to make and that is finished and that has the sounds I want. And, um, and yeah, I, I was like, man, some of these songs have been around for a minute. Some of them are super new yeah. and I just kind of, yeah, want to be, I do. I want to be like, I want to sing them. I like, can't wait to make the next one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which sounds like, well, I haven't even put this one out yet, right. but I've been living with it totally. for a long time. Yeah, I get and that. And I'm so far removed now from that relationship yeah. that now it feels almost like this, yeah, thing I made. Yeah. Um, the last song of the album is Boy Band Hero, and it's like, oh, maybe it was all just a daydream. And it's sort of like, did I just make up this relationship in my head? Like, it was definitely a very 
maybe not at the beginning, but as time went on, it was like my imagination just took off. You know, I would have a lot of conversations with him without him being there. Mm, Yeah. You know, I would, I would even like, yeah, I mean, it sounds, makes me sound like a crazy person, but I remember being like, oh yeah, we're going to hang out like near Christmas. So I'd like get him something. Yeah. And then we wouldn't ever hang out. So like I had a lot of like time by myself. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Which I think, I feel like that is, it's so relatable. I feel like so many of us have been in, in your shoes. Yeah. Um, and I feel like that's what's, that's what's so exciting. I mean, I know you're ready to like make the next one, but, (laughs) but I feel like people are really going to connect to the stories, um, in this album Yeah, because it is such a, um, it is such a common, relationship type now like a like non-relationship relationship yeah I think it's something definitely that defines our generation yeah the sort of <laughs> like ghosted and like yeah, yeah you never finish the like people have said you know you right. never finish the conversation then you never hear from them again and you right. sort of like make up what happened totally and and so much of this relationship was like there were weeks where we'd be together every single day right and then and then it became limited, you right. know, and disappearing and like right. so confusing. Right. And then you end up with the yeah. Christmas present. I have, yeah, I think I definitely have a birthday present that I bought for someone that, that I thought we were dating and then we clearly weren't dating. Yeah. <laughs> we didn't even like, yeah, see each I think he was like out of the country or something on his birthday. Yeah. Um, so I can relate to that. And I think a lot of people who are listening can relate to that experience. Um, and they're going to love listening to your album. Oh, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> um, so like on the topic of music, I want to talk about sort of the relationship that you have with yourself and how you take care of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, you have a tour coming up. Yes. And I imagine it'll be very cathartic to perform these songs yeah. live in front of an audience. Yeah. Um, but I can also imagine that it's exhausting. How many cities are you going to? 40. 40. Okay. Yeah. Um, so how do you take care of yourself when you're on yeah. tour? Um, you know, I it'll sort of be uh, trial and error, error because like I feel like I, I did this about three years ago, went on tour, and there were things that I did, and I don't know that they'll work the same mm-hmm. this time, you know? Yeah. Um, so I don't know yet. I mean, I feel like the biggest one is um, minimizing, you know, the the stress that I put on, like, my body and, like... Um, sleeping yeah um like making that a priority because tour it is so hard to get good sleep you're in a different place every night so you don't know what your sleeping situation is going to be so like even if it's a little bit more like like having hotel rooms so that I can like actually sleep like I've done in the past tours where we did it wasn't even like a bus it was more like this but we all had bunks yeah and it was really hard for me and I know some people are like oh a bus tour is like the best way to go because you know, you don't have to take your stuff off and on. Right. And like, that's like the, it's more expensive. It's like, that's a fancier way is to have a bus. But for me, I can't sleep the same way on a moving vehicle where my whole band is. And like, if there's an, I mean, maybe yeah. I'm just like a warrior. No, but I but get like, that. I can't, I, yeah. I remember being You want like, like your own space. Yeah. You want to just be like, like done with tour. Right. Now I'm going to bed. Even if you it's a hotel separation. room. separation. Then like feel, yeah. So, um, also I would never want to like, if people in the band want to go out, they should totally go out. Right. Some nights, I'm not going to... Most nights. Right. Because I feel like if you have to take care of your voice, it's different than having to take care of your... Right. You know, um, you still have to take care of your body when you're playing instruments, but like, yeah. it's definitely another level of like care. Yeah. Because your voice is your body, you yeah. know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, so like, I guess like thinking about sleep and... The schedule. Um, what about? I'm, oh, oh, what were you gonna say? I'm excited to have like the tour manager, like trying to to delegate as much as I can to him, so that yeah. I can be like, oh, I'm just singing and performing and yeah. playing guitar. Like I'm not dealing with anyone's like 
you know, with a band, like making sure they get paid. Like you can yeah. ask him, you can ask, like I'm yeah. the last person to ask. Yeah. You know? Delegation. Delegation and like trusting skill. people yeah. to do a really good job delegating. Um, and I also limit, this sounds mean, but I realized I have to do it. Like, you know how in every city there's someone who's like, oh my God, I know you from the thing and the thing in the, and your my cousin yeah. is your friend and, or, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah. can we meet up? Yeah. My cousin served you coffee you once. Know, yeah. Obviously if it's like your mom or your dad, of course you want to <laughs> see your mom and dad, you know, but it's like, but like, you know what? No. Yeah. You have like, to draw I, boundaries. I, because like I've already been talking to an audience for an hour and a half yeah. and like, I, I am an introverted person. Like I, and I get tired from that much. I get more tired from the just, oh, it was such a nice day. Like, honestly, I I get more tired from that than like actually being on stage is like the socializing after. Yeah. Like when I'm on stage, it's like, we've all agreed I'm there to perform. I have a performance like, and I get a buzz from it. I like, I, I get more energy from it, but the socializing I get completely drained from. That's so interesting. Yeah. Is that, I'm trying to think of the word. I think there's a word for that. Ambivert when you're both. Yeah. Maybe you're an ambivert. Maybe Maybe you're extroverted professionally. Yeah. And introverted in, you know, your personal life. Um, what about emotionally speaking? How do you take care of yourself? Because I'm yeah. thinking about some of these songs and like the lyrics in them, and uh-huh. it's obviously so close to your heart, um, and it's about a you know a relationship that yeah. you lived. Yeah. So you get a buzz from performing, but is it also difficult in any way? And do you wonder like is that person out there listening? <laughs> and like, yeah, I um, huh? I I get. Like, I think there is something about it being a show every night where, like, you, your body does start to get used to the ups and downs of, like, of course, I'm going to, like, perform it in an emotional way, but songs do morph a little bit. Yeah. Like, what they mean one night to you, they might mean a little different the next night. I had this song called Never Leave L.A. I thought it was about one thing, and it kind of became about other things. Yeah. Like, as the time went on like it sort of I'd sort of be on stage thinking about my current relationship not Mm. the old one so songs have a way I mean which is why I think music is so magical is like of uh taking on another life yeah and so I sort of like let them do that Mm. like let them grow and I might still use some of the same stories to intro them and like people are experiencing them for the first time but I kind of let them grow into something new particularly from recording to stage yeah Um, so there's that. And then, um, I do worry about, it's something I've thought about with the, the record in general, as far as like, is the person listening? Like, I feel like the person doesn't care that much, which is Mm -hmm. part of the motivation to write songs, you know, because like, like they are not feeling the intense, feelings that I, like I, my side of the story isn't as important. So there's a part of me that's like, they don't really care. I've, but then I've also thought, well, perhaps they do. And is it somehow hurting them? And I, Mm. that's the only thing that I would be worried about. But like I said, I do feel like ultimately all the songs are about myself. And if there's anything mean or, um, negative. It's a reflection of me. Yeah. Not of them. Right. Um, I've gone back and forth between, like, I remember this song I wrote a long time ago, and I guess it is kind of an immature song, but I always feel like that's the fun about writing is like in life, you wouldn't say these things. Maybe they are immature, but here we are in a creative space and I get to say my side. Right. And sometimes it's not, you know, perfect. Yeah. I don't have like always happy, happy, nice thoughts about yeah. every single, you know, relationship. But I remember this girl, um, upset that I had written this song. Um, and it was about how my boyfriend had cheated on me and she mm. had written, and I never responded. She wrote something like, Oh, it's mean to like write about me. And I was like, I wasn't writing about you. I was writing about, I mean, in my defense, like right. I was writing about me. Right. And like my process and it's a song. And right. ultimately it is a creative thing that you make. 
if I had done a painting, no one would be like, you can't make this painting, you know, like my imagination kicks in. I fill in the gaps. Not every song is like, oh yeah, then this happened and this happened. And that's the exact timeline of, you know, I fill in the gaps. I mean, and I feel like with this album, I'm saying that even like, you know, with it, like, oh, it's a daydream. There's a part when I say like, uh, in the song, Oh Jonathan, where I say like, I'm tracing his face and I'm coloring in his shoes. Like I'm making this up. Yeah. Um, as sort of like, uh, I don't know if I'm going on too long about this, but like, but like, and I've wondered if I should say something. I know at, at some points, when I was creating the album, I was still in contact with him because at the time oh, okay. it was an e- EP and I was yeah. still, I mean, I still am like somewhat loosely, like I don't feel like, oh, I couldn't text him. We're right. very friendly and stuff. But um, I was still more so like right. in contact. I wasn't dating anyone. Um, and he had heard certain songs and it didn't seem like he he cared, but at the time it was just like a few songs. It wasn't right. like an album. And um, I've wondered if, like different people have said, like, oh, are you going to tell? Are you going to reach out to him to like warn him or something? Right. I, I don't know why, because I don't really want the open door of like a discussion. Right. Like I said, I want to be done. Right. Like I don't really need to like dis- rehash. Right. At all. Yeah, that's like not I, your intention. I have like no desire to like rehash yeah. or re-stir anything up. Right. And so that's why I don't reach out. Yeah. But um, I don't know. What do you think? I think <laughs> so. Different people have given me different yeah. advice. They're like, you definitely need to yeah. tell him. Send him well, a note. And I'm like, but I feel like that's a, that's a like, hey, just so you know, I wrote an album about right. you. Like, like wow, so, I'm so in love with you. Like, and that's not the intention at all. Right. The only reason why I would feel the need to is in case there might be something that hurts. And right. that's not the intention of, right. you know. I have a lot to say on this Yes, topic. yes, go for it. I'm so curious. I mean... You know, I created Mend after a breakup and I've written so much about breakups. I've written about every breakup. And so I think it's just sort of like par for the course. If you date me, it's like you might end up in a story on on Mend. Yeah, and I feel like Um, I'm a songwriter. I have been since I moved. It's the same. You know, since I was a teenager, like this is what I do. Yeah, Yeah. it's part of you. And I think Nora Ephron put it really well. I love Nora Ephron. Um, And she was talking about advice that her mom gave her and her mom told her everything is copy. Like Mm -hmm. you can't have certain parts of your life that are off limits. And I think like that was especially important for her because, you know, she wrote a lot about her love life, like the novel Heartburn, which turned Mm -hmm. into a movie was about, you know, the end of her marriage and her husband had had an affair. And, um, that was such a beautiful piece of art that she put into the world. And if she had sat back and thought like, oh, this might hurt someone's feelings or, yeah, you know, but her point of view is like, no, everything is copy. Like nothing is off limits. And it is like you are, it's your side of the story. You're yeah. sharing your experience. Yeah. Um, and I think that's totally fair. And I think, uh-huh. it's, I think it's great. And I think like all of the really wonderful, so much of like the wonderful artwork and literature and poetry has been because people make that decision to just put it out there. Yeah. Um, so I don't think you need to give a heads up. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. You can blame me later. <laughs> later. Um, but yeah, I'm a big believer in, in sharing those things. And obviously, like, you know, you try to protect people's privacy. Like, you're not, like, yeah. blasting names and yeah, yeah. dates and, like, all yeah. this stuff and, like, yeah. text messages and everything. But yeah. Um, but yeah, it's your artwork. Yeah. Yeah. And it's your story. Yeah. And one thing that I think is so, um, interesting about you is that you are so multifaceted. So uh-huh. you're still doing a lot of things. Like, yeah, I imagine it would be hard if people asked, like, are you a singer and songwriter or are you an actor? Like, I imagine yeah. that's like a really hard question for you to answer because you do it all. Right? Yeah. Um, it's not a, uh, Sometimes people will be like, what's your ultimate goal? Or or they'll phrase it in like a, um, in a like, oh, are you hoping your music takes off so that you don't? 
And I don't really see it that way. Like yeah. I, like I love acting and like, yeah. I love being an actor. Uh, I also love having my own project Yeah, that no one has to hire me for. Yeah. And like, I feel like I'll write songs forever. Yeah. Um, sure. I'd love if music made me even more, like made me more money. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah. do I want it to take off? Of course. Right. Is, do I have some ultimate goal of like, you know, I can name any, like, Katy Perry type career. Like, right. I don't know that I have that as a goal right. about anything, really. Right. Uh, it's almost more like little projects. Like, right. if I get cast in a show and, like, I love the character, that's, like, a project. And then, and I know that it doesn't work this way because they're such different businesses. But if I'm, but as a creative person, that's what they are to me. Right. You know, how that works out financially and business, yeah, of course, this is better choice for me to take care of me and my home and whatever. And this maybe isn't as good a choice. But if I'm taking that out of the equation, to me, they are just creative projects. Like, and, and they're very complimentary. I think they are. I, the happiest actors that I've met, because I do feel like it's a situation where someone has to pick you and you can be really hot one minute and then not, you know, you can be in a show that's awesome and then your next show gets canceled or, um, I, the happiest actors I've met have had some other creative outlet usually, yeah. or they have like, oh, I have this theater company I do, right. or they ha- they're into painting or like, or even if it's just a matter of they're really into their family, like right. they have a ton of kids and they're always like, cool. Yeah. Now I get to spend time with my family right. when I'm not working because otherwise you are at the mercy of being the hot thing and being cool. Right. And like, you can't really control if you are that or not. Right you know? Yeah. I mean, to me, it sounds like music has sort of, and I mean, you've been doing music for as long as you've been been acting. acting. Yeah. So it's sort of like this stable foundation, (laughs) um, which makes total sense because I feel like in a field, like in the entertainment industry, there's a lot of heartbreak, you know, even, even with like a huge successful show, there can be heartbreak at the end of it when it ends, right? Like, yeah. Even if you wanted it to end or you were ready for it to be over, yeah. Um, it it's still like the heartbreak of the end. Like, yeah. it's kind of like a family, right? And then yeah. all of a sudden, you're um, you're just like free floating again and yeah, kind of figuring out what's next. And I imagine that music has been really um, comforting to yeah. have like something that you can consistently go back to. For sure. Yeah. For sure. Um, do you feel like, um, do you feel like the, when you left The Walking Dead, do you feel like that was sort of like a heartbreak for you? Um, it was because I just had never, I mean, any job, coffee shop job, anything, I just never worked on anything for that long. So it was like a very much, uh, you know, a big thing. And, um, yeah, it was a it was hard to leave. Um it was definitely like now looking back a good time. Yeah. Uh to leave and I was super excited to play different characters. Yeah. But I also was like very emotionally attached to the show and and I had sort of started spending so much time in Atlanta rather than New York that like even you know my my friends and every you know it was all sort of like there wrapped up in the show. Um, so it was difficult, but I was excited to move on too. Yeah. That's a big change. Um, work-wise, what are you most excited about? I have so many like projects. Like I always have, um, so, I mean, I, I am excited. I'm working on this show on Netflix that I think is going to be really, really good. Awesome. And I still have a few days left to film on it. And then, of course, I'm, like, excited to see how this – I'm, like, curious to see – I'm still putting together the show, you know? I yeah. mean, it's uh, – and most of these songs I haven't played live as much as, like – I did, like, one show where I played them all live at yeah. Hotel Cafe. But other than that, I haven't played them live much. In the past, I've always played – stuff live a bunch then recorded. Yeah. So it's going to be um, a learning, you know, seeing how it works live. Yeah. Uh, is going to be really fun. And then, yeah, I'm I'm excited, like I said, to 
get started on the next one. I was going to ask. I feel like this one I want to... I mean, I have a lot of the songs already written. Yeah. But I mean, I haven't started like figuring out how I'm going to record them. And um, I know one song I'll release early um, before I'm actually done with another album. But this album, I took a long time. I like really took my time and was trying to find the right producer. I left different managers, you know, like... um, and this next one, I hope, is is much faster process, but I guess you never know. Like, yeah. <laughs> Do you think you could play a song for us? Would you sure. want to sing a song for us? Do you want me to sing like Jonathan? That's yeah. like a title track. It's really sweet and really good okay. acoustically. Let's do that. Oh. I am an artist. He's a muse. A trace his face. Color his shoes. If he's a play, I'll build a stage My pencil hasn't left the page Since the night that we first kissed I refuse to forget The way my hair feels in his hands A cool blue love with no demands Jonathan Jonathan Someday one day won't he wanna be mine forever Saturdays are so much better together I was so cool and comfy traveling on my own till I met a love that felt like home named Jonathan he's about so I defy the laws of daylight turning down the ways I burn bright he gets heavy he gets dark he leaves a shadow on my heart now I'll never light the world the same without windy whispers of his name Thank you so much. Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I I feel like the hair stood up on my arms. <laughs> um, it's really special hearing that live, and uh, I'm just so excited for you to go on tour and share that with so many people who I know are looking forward to hearing it yeah. and seeing you. It'll be fun. Yeah. Um, so I have a couple of rapid-fire questions. Okay. First one, do you have a breakup vice? Um, maybe watching... Like, like I've gone through things where I start watching like really bad reality shows, yeah. like that Whitney in the city. I mean, not that that's a bad <laughs> show. I'm sorry. If she, I mean, I don't know, but like, you know, things like that, that like, Is that a Whitney in the C- or of... like the city, like the Hills spinoff. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So okay. like, I remember one time just being like, I'm just going to watch this. <laughs> just keep watching it. Like till, I don't know. <laughs> Do you have a breakup virtue? Like something that you're really good at when it comes to breakups that maybe your friends aren't good at? Um, oh my gosh. Well, I'm good at turning it into motivation. Mm. I think. Yeah. Well, clearly think, like <laughs> yeah. music. So yeah. I think that that's one thing that I'm lucky that I have. Yeah. Uh, I'm good at making 
feeling better into a project, I guess, which is what led me to, yeah, which leads me to all these, yeah, you and yeah. different, yeah. Um, what about your favorite self-care ritual? Do you have one? I, I do really like reading, like getting mm. completely involved in a book, if yeah. a good book. And, and also, um, I like boxed macaroni and cheese. <gasps> I think which that brand? <laughs> which Annie's, brand? Okay. Annie's shells and cheese, of course. <laughs> I feel like that's a really good because it's so easy to make. You yeah. have to eat. I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's like a breakup virtue too. Okay, like. <laughs> um, actually cooking for yourself and not yeah. just like laying there. Like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> what about how you first heard about mend? Do you remember? I'm trying to remember. I feel like I must have been googling like help with getting over someone or a breakup. Um, like I said, I think I did the newsletters first, or maybe it was a, just the website, and then you signed up for our newsletters. But I think it was when I was, um, it was between, everything's like seasons of Walking Dead or other TV shows. So I think it was between like season three and four when I was breaking up with a boyfriend. I'd broken up with him at the beginning, middle-ish of season three. He had started working on a play. It was that thing of like, of like we're both bringing on different projects and we're both actors and you know like feel completely disconnected um but that was a really hard one to go through yeah and I think that's when I was like I I need help with this yeah yeah what about the this is a big rapid fire one but mm. um what do you think is the biggest lesson that you've had to learn about love it's not just something that happens it's not like that it's something that you actually have to like, like love, romantic love, I mean, and, and friendship love, like all, you have to like do things for it, like the same way you have to do things for your career. Like I think for a long time there was me, I felt very like it was a feeling and whether or not the person was actually right for me, it was like magical, like but if the person isn't doing things for you and you're not doing things, you, you know, it's, um, it's an action, I guess, is yeah. what, you know, it's like an actual thing you have to make space for and prioritize the same way you would prioritize like work or your kids or the, like whatever. I feel like it's something you have to like work on. Well, thank you so much. <laughs> this has been wonderful. We so cried. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you sang. Um, this has been such a fun conversation. Totally. And it's been great just getting to know you more and hearing yeah. more about your, like your story. And I mean, through your music too. Mm -hmm. And we're so excited for you and Thank congratulations you. on everything that's about to happen. Um, and I'm so excited for your tour and Thank we're going to be, we're going to keep listening to you <laughs> in the office. Yes. <laughs> um, we'll blast it. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for being here with us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much to Emily for hosting us in her beautiful studio and for sharing so openly about her life. What a great way to kick off our first season of On The Mend. And I'm so excited for you to hear the next episodes we have. They're coming out soon. So be sure to subscribe on iTunes or SoundCloud or wherever you listen to podcasts and tell your friends. If you want more from Emily, follow her on Instagram at Emmy Kinney. Her new album, Oh Jonathan, drops August 24th, so go get it. And she'll be going on tour in September, so you can see her IRL. You can follow Mend at Let's Mend on Instagram, and you can learn more about Mend at letsmend.com, or you can download our app in the App Store. This episode was produced by Candace Lim, and our music is by Booker Hill. If you like this episode, let us know. You can email us at hello at letsmend.com. And if you want more behind-the-scenes photos and videos from today's episode with Emily, you can follow me on Instagram at Ellen Huerta. Mm -hmm.